Welcome to another episode of Long Distance Short, GiftBasketsOverseas.com's podcast where we talk to real people about the triumphs and tribulations in all kinds of long-distance relationships. Your host is Allie Winters, an international gift consultant who's found success in her own long-distance romances and friendships. And here's today's topic, love coaching. Does it work? Can it help you? Our guest is Bonita of lovecoachbonita.com. She started as a matchmaker, but now helps clients navigate the difficulties of love relationships, including long-distance relationships. Let's jump right in, Allie. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Long Distance Short, your long-distance relationship podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Bonita, who is a passionate love coach. Benita specializes, as she says, in assisting intelligent, successful women to live a life they love with the love of their life. So, how are you today, Benita? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Ali. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, I'm totally excited to learn more about relationships and your particular experience in matchmaking. Um, Maybe we can start with you telling us about your background and your true passion, which was matchmaking in the first place. Yes, so definitely. I mean, I started my journey in the love industry um, 11 years ago. So um, I was a successful Um, female in the um, corporate sector and I really was struggling you know to meet the right people Um, well back then I thought that was the problem Um, but it's actually you know I realized that over the years that that wasn't the problem the problem was me right but we'll get to that so I tried speed dating and online dating, and I then signed up with a matchmaker, right? And um, it turned out to be a very bad experience. Oh, really? She stole my money. Yes, she oh. ran away with my money. And um, I knew that I'd always wanted to work for myself, and I had a marketing background. So I decided to open up my own matchmaking business. Oh, it's interesting. <laughs> and- mm-hmm. Yes, because I wanted to clean up the industry, right? So that's what I did. And um, I very soon realized that single people need way more help than just being introduced to someone that they find attractive, right? Because I had people coming back three years later after I introduced them to someone and they're in exactly the same position because they have patterns that they keep on repeating. And that's how I started getting really interested in why we choose the partners that we choose. I completed some coaching qualifications. Since then, I've sold the matchmaking side of the business and I now only focus on coaching and really teaching people the skills of building healthy, lasting love. Very nice. And you actually mentioned those patterns. I think our audience would be really interested in learning about them. So what are they? Well, the patterns are different for everyone, right? But generally speaking, we look for partners that have the same sort of qualities as our caregivers. Um, so, you know, and what I often see are generational patterns. So if you come from a household where perhaps you had an emotionally unavailable father or your father traveled a lot for work, that's also um, classified as unavailable, then chances are you'll be attracted to unavailable men. 
Um, so things like that. It's different for everyone. Perhaps your mother was a narcissist, so then you attract narcissistic um, partners. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, it, it's psychology, right? So we learn from our parents and we think that they are the role models. Okay. And you mentioned that you switched from matchmaking to coaching. So how did it happen and why did you decide that coaching is closer to what you want to do? Yes, so matchmaking for me was a very um, superficial sort of industry because I would meet with executives and we'd put their details on a database and it would be sort of like, how tall are you? How you know skinny are you? What do you do for a living? Where do you live? That type of thing. Age, race, all of that. And then I'd have to find them someone that fits into the same parameters that they've created. And it was an extremely superficial way of meeting people. And I, I couldn't help everyone with the matchmaking because I like, for instance, if you were a really short guy and I didn't have short women on the database, I couldn't help you. Right. Okay. Um, and so I realized that with matchmaking, I wasn't able to help everyone. And also that people did need a lot more help than meeting someone that fell in the right parameters. But with coaching, I could help pretty much anyone who really wants to do the work. You know, whether you're tall or short or fat or skinny or, you know, have long hair or short hair. Mm -hmm. If you have a desire to be in a relationship and to be loved, then that's your destiny, right? And if it's not happening, then I can help you uncover why it's not happening and help you step into um, doing things a different way so that you can find healthy lasting love and that really is my passion it's about it's not just about stepping into any relationship but stepping into a relationship that works um, that's healthy and that lasts a lifetime that's totally great and about your matchmaking days did you succeed in helping people eventually find their love Yes, many times, many times. I mean, but um, I also have like a long distance story that I can tell you okay. um, because I, you know, back then used to live and work in South Africa. So I had a matchmaking service for South Africans. And um, the one day I received a phone call from a South African who was based in Australia, right? And I think it was okay. Melbourne. And his name was Dave and Dave just said to me, you know what, I, I've just divorced my wife two, three years ago. We were married for 20 years as South Africans, we moved over. And he just mentioned that he was really struggling um, with Australian women and he wanted to meet a South African woman. You know, it was strange because obviously Australia and South Africa are miles and miles and miles apart. And, um, he actually convinced me to take him on as a client. And, you know, I treated it very differently. So I arranged his dates via Skype. And I think it was the second woman that I introduced him to. They fell madly in love. And um, they had a couple of Skype dates. They were flying back and forth. And um, she had children in school here. And his kids were already done with school. And... Um, the next I heard, um, she was just waiting for her daughter to finish her last year of school. And then she moved over and she and her daughter moved over and they are now both happily married and in Australia. I mean, this was eight years ago. Okay, nice. Mm. 
Yeah, so I think that's a long distance um, story that probably, I think it's a fairy tale. I think it's a beautiful story. So yes, long distance relationships can work. Mm-hmm. But, um, they also can't work, right? What's the best way to send beautiful bouquets and luxurious romantic gifts around the globe fast? Today's sponsor, RussianFlora.com. With thousands of flowers and gifts to choose from, and the best round-the-clock service in the world, as well as protection from scams when you order, the choice is clear for international flower delivery. Send your emotions over the oceans with RussianFlora.com. Of course, uh, nowadays, a long-distance relationship, especially during the pandemic, is something natural, right? Um, But if we, like go back so maybe nine ten years ago um do you think it was different and do you think um some people can go with it and some people just cannot go with it does it suit every person well i mean if you talk about five ten years ago i think the world has obviously become so much smaller like five years ago no one knew what zoom was right absolutely um and the sound on Skype was horrific. So technology's changed. Um, flight tickets were cheaper. The world was getting smaller and smaller and traveling wasn't such a luxurious thing anymore. You know, everyone sort of started traveling. So definitely there's huge difference because there's, there's used to be easier scope to get to each other or to see each other daily. But I think a long distance relationship, you know, there are no rules. There are absolutely no rules. It's all dependent on what it is that you're looking for and what it is that your partner is looking for and, and what your attachment styles are. You know, I spoke to a woman yesterday who's been single for 10 years and, you know, she said to me, I don't know if I can deal with someone in my house. Like, I just want to see them once or twice a week. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, there are some people like that. So no wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe you just want to have a partner, you know, once or twice a month, if you can get to each other so often. Um, but I, I also find um, if, if you have like a pattern of long distance relationships, and that aren't working, then it might be that you're keeping yourself emotionally safe, right? Because there's a lot to be said about telling yourself, oh, I'd love to be in a relationship. And if only they lived closer, right? So there's some psychology behind that. Because if I choose long distance relationships repeatedly, mm-hmm. um, I'm keeping myself safe emotionally because I don't really have to open up and I don't really have to commit, right? And sometimes we do this unconsciously, so we don't realize that this is what I'm doing. But, you know, eventually, if people are really serious about what they are doing and about where they will be in, in some time, right? eventually they would have to, I guess, um, go out uh, of this comfort zone and maybe there will be some problems. 
Definitely, definitely. I think if you've had a long distance relationship for years and you now move together into the same city or the same apartment, I've heard of it going wrong a couple of times, right? People move Why? to the same I don't know. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't work, right? Because there's this sort of attraction in not being able to have what you want. And then when you have it, it's sort of the chase dies it's 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 weird okay so um eventually some people can do long distance relationships some people just um are not ready for relationship at all that's what probably that's what you say like maybe you need to work on yourself first well i think it's different for everyone maybe you meet someone on holiday and, um, you know, like Wendy and Dave and it just clicks and you know that you're meant to be together. So you'll do that long distance relationship. But I think it's a lot of times people tell themselves they're in relationships and it's not a relationship. Um, I think it's only a relationship when you both know that you're committed to each other. Mm, right okay not dating someone else and if there's a future plan to live together or to get together yes yes that's that's a healthy long distance relationship okay so we are talking about now healthy and unhealthy long distance relationships so maybe you have a couple of stories uh, upon your sleeve yes i mean i had a couple of long distance relationships myself before I got married the second time, although, you know, I've been with my husband now for 10 years, but I remember a relationship with someone that was like just a three hour flight away. And, um, there was, there were a lot of promises made in the beginning, you know, when, when we met up, it's like, well, how, how is this going to work? And, um, there were lots of expectations set. Mm-hmm. Um, about him being willing to move to my city, right? So we started the relationship. And six months in, he stopped talking about moving to the city, right? Or to my city. And if I would bring it up, um, he would sort of try and convince me to move to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's sort of like things changed at that stage. And um, I, if I think back at it, there really wasn't that much commitment from his side. Like we never had the discussion that we weren't dating other people. Although I assumed that that was the case. Okay. Yeah. I see the point. So yeah, that didn't end well. Um, And then I also remember dating someone that was like two or three hours drive away. Um, And, and that, that worked for a while, but I don't think we were meant for each other. So, I mean, my own long distance relationship stories aren't all that successful, but I've, I've seen it work for other people. Was it the, the same problem? So like maybe one of you or both of you just were not committed enough? Yes, that was a different problem. That was probably my issue. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, all that in love with the second one. So it wasn't the distance really. It was, it was about more. And I think that's, that's why there are no rules because 
it's always a different situation. People are so different. We can't put people in boxes and say, yes, long distance relationships work or no, they don't work, right? It's so dependent on the two individuals. What's the timing? Which stage of their life are they? How besotted are they with each other, right? How crazy are they with each other? Can they live without each other or not? And all of those things need to be taken into the equation when we think about whether it works or not. These are facts, really. Um, we just cannot make some pattern. And you also mentioned uh, the emotional unavailability. So um, there is some psychology behind it. If, for example, a friend of mine uh, wants to meet somebody and they want to know that this will end in a healthy long distance relationship. How do they know that uh, this partner will be emotionally available? Let's call it so. I think that's a great question. So we know whether someone's emotionally available if they make us feel safe, right? If we just sort of know where we stand with them. Yeah. And um, I think always a really, really good um, test to know whether the relationship will work is that you need to have an honest conversation with yourself and ask yourself, how committed is this person to their own growth and development? Right? That's the new idea. Mm -hmm. And how committed is this person to making this relationship work? So how can we check? Yeah, how how can we check the second one? So how can we check that this person is committed? Well, they want to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. So they're making plans to see you more. And they're talking about the future. Mm -hmm. I think that's Openly, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, talking about the future, planning holidays together. Um inviting you to family holidays um talking about how we're going to how we're going to get together okay yeah less me and more like us mm -hmm, together uh you know i'm asking because some people just don't feel that this is something really obvious um i think that we need to be really careful because people think if i've been on a couple of dates or we've spoken on Zoom, or we've spoken on the phone for two years, like we're in a committed relationship, and that's how people get hurt. Like you only know you're in a committed relationship when you've had that discussion, and you're both under the same impression. So the rules are simple. Both people should be committed, and both should be prepared for that. Do you think that emotional matureness if we can call it so do you think that matters i think emotional maturity matters for any grown-up right otherwise you're going to go through life very in um you know completely um triggered states so mm -hmm. you know always being triggered by things happening and going wrong because things go wrong in long-term relationships you know if you can't get someone on the phone and you need to be able to trust someone so yes definitely um, it plays a role in every aspect of our life. You know, the only, the only thing that's really important in any relationship, whether it's long distance or short distance, um, is how this person makes you feel about yourself. Um, and whether, you know, I think we should always be really 
really certain about following or or reading a, a person's actions more than their words, right? Because I think, especially when we're in a long distance relationship, we rely very heavily on what the person is saying to us. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. And, and because that's all we have, right? We don't see actions. And, you know, a person's actions always say so much more about them than their words. So actions, not words, even if it's long distance, you know, people need to make a plan to get to you and to see you and to be with you. I have a five-day challenge that's coming up at the end of October. Um, it's for women unfortunately, but I mean, men can join if they want, although I don't think they'd learn that much. Maybe they'd learn about how women operate, but um, it's called Unlocking Lasting Love Without Relying on Online Dating. And it's five days, 40 minutes every day. And, you know, I guarantee you a breakthrough every single day. You're going to learn something amazing about love and why you're single and why relationships aren't working. Uh, yeah, I think this will be really useful. Uh, and I will uh, leave all the links uh, in the description. And of course, in our transcript at the end of the podcast. Uh, so you will see it. Everything will be there. Okay. Thank you so much, Bonita, for the uh, very nice and useful advice and your philosophy. I hope this episode was very, very useful for all of our listeners. And of course, we'll see you again in a month's time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Long Distance Short, giftbasketsoverseas.com's podcast with real people in real long-distance relationships. Make sure to subscribe and keep tuning in for a new episode every month. If you have any questions or ideas for a future podcast, make sure to drop us a line at podcast at giftbasketsoverseas.com. That's podcast at giftbasketsoverseas.com.